Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Celtic won 1-0 over Ross County at Celtic Park today to make it six wins on the bounce, but that doesn't tell the full story and a lot of unhappy campers leaving Celtic Park this afternoon. This is Tino with the Final Whistle Show, joined here by James and Paddy. Paddy, I'll come to you first for your take on today's game. Um, a tough watch. I feel that there's there's getting over a, a little lull and not having a game. Um, a, a really competitive game in the last few weeks, um, and then there's there's that that was on show today, and and it looked extremely disjointed uh, for the for the ninety minutes. Um, some moments of quick play on that that really really bad turf, but some moments where I was questioning the ability of all eleven players at some points as well. Um, I seen Rogers touched on the turf on his uh, his post match um, interview. Like I look at parks across the the country, and I, I'm not seeing anything um, in such a bad nick in comparison to Celtic Park at the moment. Um, we really need to get the finger out there. But for me, it's still not an excuse. Um, it's still nowhere near an excuse for for what we've seen today. Yeah, and you know, James, there's there's a lot of folk getting it in the neck, and that's the way it goes. But usually. It's the knee-jerk stuff after you you drop points, you either draw or lose. It's a strange one, isn't it? You win today, um, but winning shouldn't be allowed to just paper over the cracks for for what are genuine, you know, concerns over today's performance. Yeah, I mean, there's there's two things you can take the game itself, and we'll, we'll obviously we're here to discuss that. I think wider picture, I don't have any grand concerns with Roger or the players that, that played today. There's a general malaise I think from the fans including myself about the lack of activity that's going on in, in January we know where the problem areas are it's glaringly obvious with Burnaby being put in today um, and Joe Hart not having the best of games but I think just on the game today for me genuinely I'm just writing it down as one of those games that you get on the way to a title you know it's not always free-flowing football there was a guy on Clive that was coming home and he was 
misremembering that every single game under Ange was, you know, just Brazil 72 or 74, whatever kind of thing. And it's not, no title run goes without sticky games. And I'm putting today down as one of those. I'm inclined to lean towards that, but as as, as host, I'm going to play middleman because I can see both sides of it. Um, you're never going to win four and five nothing every game, even when you're you're flying and you're winning leagues and trebles and all that kind of stuff. And you're right, you know, we had some sort of turgid the word underange, but we had days like that underange as well. But on your way to the title, these things are often forgotten. Paddy, we were in the group chat after the game, <clears throat> you know, just bouncing about a few opinions. You're leaning the other way. You know, I asked the question, was it just one of those days or is it something deeper? And you've leaned towards the fact that you think there's there's something more at play. I do. I, I go back to our summer window. I think that it's easy for us to go and, and look at the the players that we brought in and give uh, give the manager a bit of a pass uh, in terms of, you know, who who's making the cut, who's actually standing out and being, being part of a squad uh, to those that are nowhere near it. Um, but the thing is, is that we've seen glimpses of someone like um, Mike Nebrowski, and actually, I think that there's there's some something there. And we chose today to to not only go and, and give someone who's clearly not fully fit um, an hour, um, but then you know take him off after that hour and and bring on Nebrowski, who then has to get up to the pace of the game. I, I don't believe we're in a position to be going and substituting centre-halves. I, I found it really strange that Carter Vickers was in the 11 today. Um, he, he still doesn't look fit. And then the other side of what we've seen today, and it's something that you mentioned as well, James, is that Matt O'Reilly was not moving easy after the knock he took, and they, they, they keep him on the park. Um, because you've got David Turnbull sitting there, and they don't want to play David Turnbull because as we've seen when he came on as well, he didn't want to do anything because he's keeping himself fresh. He's keeping himself ready for a move. I, I just found it extremely interesting. That's where we are at. And now there's a few factors to blame for that, absolutely. But we're, we're dicing about. And I think Celtic have came in at that game today and thought, we're, we're playing against Ross County. We should go and, and run over them. They've been pretty poor of late. But I tell you something, it wasn't just a poor performance. Ross County played well against us today and we were, we were lucky to get away with the three points at the end of the game. And it's just poor choices. Really, really didn't need to put ourselves under that pressure today. Go with the team that's fit, go with the team that's ready, and we didn't. Yeah, do you know, I think choices is a good word to use, Paddy, because you could debate there's been poor choices in various areas of Celtic, you know, regarding this afternoon. Brendan Rodgers, some questionable choices with team selection. Players choosing passes or choosing the safe pass, James. We discussed it. We, you know, we're at the game together. We're talking about players that aren't willing to go and take that risk in the final third. They're choosing to play safe and go back the way. And you could certainly look at the fact that the board seem to have chosen, at least at this late date in the window, not to have backed the manager. Just to pick you up on a couple of things, Paddy. I'm the same. I don't like to see centre half subbed on or off. In general, I don't like to see defenders changed. I like to stick to a back four, and unless there's injury, I wouldn't make any changes. Rogers did comment that it was the plan to play Callum, uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers for 60 minutes, so whether that's the case or not, not sure. I thought he was having a decent game, actually. I thought he was very comfortable, but he had that sprint, if you remember, with Simon Murray, who's, who's quite pacey, quite sharp, yeah. and he just kind of checked himself after the ball ran out of play. It was like he was saying, I'm not sure, and I think that was the point, James, for the, the manager, you know, it made the change. But the other thing is, 
I just wonder, and we use this word a lot, don't we? But I wonder if Brendan Rodgers, again, I'm just thinking here of the Matt O'Reilly injury, he doesn't trust the alternatives. O'Reilly was clearly struggling with that back issue. And as much as he continued and played out the game, you could see that he wasn't quite right. I don't think it's worth risking a Matt O'Reilly, considering just how important he is to, to this current side. But he maybe looked down and thought, Thiago home, not ready. Dave Turnbull, can't give him a full half. And so he chooses to play on. And that's not a good place to be, James. No, and this is the you know the wider noise that I'm speaking about or the, the wider issues. Um, when O'Reilly first went down, it looked like he was going off, and it looked like Turnbull was getting togged out. And um, I think someone else said it was home, but it looked to us like it was Turnbull. Yeah, and I, I said to you, I said, "What a downgrade that is!" And I mean no disrespect to Turnbull. I'm talking about the Turnbull of today. That to Paddy's point is protecting himself and keeping himself fit. A guy who's had injuries and you know obviously wants to look after himself. You can't have that guy in your squad, never mind your team, because when you call on him, he's going to turn in what he turned in today. It was so, so poor, but this is the issue. You're, we spoke about it going way back to, to Angie's time. The gaps between your first 11 and the replacements, it's got to be tighter. It's so vast at the moment, and that in particular really stood out for O'Reilly for Turnbull. They'll turn it as home, pushing McGregor forward, but then you're disrupting a lot of other things that tactically you, have, tactically you haven't instructed the guys on. So I can understand the reluctance for that. Um, later in the game, I thought home should have been the pick, but you know, too too late in the day now. So that that that's it for me. It's just what's on the bench shouldn't be on the bench, and some of what's in the first team should be in the first team. But that is because the board or the recruitment team have done what they've done and made such a mess of it. So they've got four days to sort it. I've gone from raging to apathetic with it because I know what they're going to do and it's nothing. Well, I suppose we'll need to see, but it looks that way at the moment. Um, I was having a wee bit of back and forth with some folks on Twitter after the game there. And I think, you know, between us, we agreed that the following two statements can both be true. They'll take lack quality this moment in time. They need a fresh injection of quality in a couple of key areas. And we'll get to left back in just a minute. But also... Brendan Rodgers, as a top-level manager, should also be inspiring this current group to perform better than, than what they've done. Paddy's right, you know, Ross County were... They'll think we're good value for the three points, but Ross County probably played the better football, certainly in spells, Paddy. So what's your take on, on those two statements? I think, um, for me, it's, it's, it's easy for this to go down the route of a manager should be getting a tune out of the players. Um but ultimately, he's working with what he's got and what he has there is, is for me, players that are, are nowhere near the level required. Um, I look at Burnaby today, um, just I don't know how he's managed to get the move over. Again, poor poor scouting, um, in my opinion. Um, I look at the fact that Turbo was the option to bring on over home. So what does that say about Odin Thiago home? I look at David Turnbull, who, again, as James said, should be nowhere near the squad. I think that there are issues in the sense that, you know, we, we have we have those problems. We have those 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 things that are already there. And actually, that's problems that Rogers is inheriting. Um, and he's not been backed to go and replace that. Um, I don't think he gets away with it. Like I said, I think his game management today was pretty poor, in my, my honest opinion. Um for me, Louis Palmer should have been taken off at half-time as well, uh, considering what happened with the penalties. And I thought his overall performance was shocking. 
And Lee Labada wasn't up to much as well. Did not, I think he beat a man once down the right. Um, and he needs to lift his head more as well. Um, I heard on the radio today um, um, about Kyogo, uh, two touches inside the box. Yes. That is that is disgraceful. That is absolutely disgraceful. And it's hit and hope material from Abada, which is just not near the level we require as well. Um, a lot of people give Kyogo, Kyogo a bit of a hard time, but when the service is zero and you're, like I say, two touches inside the box, we know what he's capable of. And that, that just says to me that there's definitely something deeper with the, the players that we have at our disposal just now. Yeah, yeah, a lot of good points, Paddy. And the, the Kyogo two touches thing, got to come down to his teammates rather than the player himself, hasn't it? You know, it's not up to him to pick up the ball deep and run into the box. It's up to him to make the, the right runs and for his wingers to find them. And I found I found both wingers frustrating today. Um, when it, when the call came up for Nicholas Kuhn to make his debut, he could have taken either off. Actually, we thought that Abada might have been first to go because he was really struggling. And I don't know if they just wanted to keep him on for minutes in, in game time. There was one in the first half where he flashed it across the box, but there's other occasions where him and uh, Alistair Johnston at times, I don't know what it is, James, they're getting in the position to whip it across. And back in the day, you're saying, brilliant, we've found it wide, get it in the mixer. And they're reluctant to do so. They're either waiting for that perfect cross, you know, everything has to be really perfect. And oh, I looked up and I didn't see all the runs I wanted, so I'm just going back out the way again. I'm all right for going old school in that sense, in terms of let's get it in the mixer. If you do all the hard work to get into the final third, get to the byline beyond the left back, get it whipped in, and then, you know, put the onus in your strikers and, and attacking midfielders to get there. And I think there's a reluctance from some players, for some reason, to take off the handbrake. We know that Lee Alabara can do it. We know, we've certainly seen in flashes that Louis Palmer can do it and he continues to frustrate. But why have some guys been a wee bit, I don't know, playing within themselves today? I, I don't understand. You know, we're, we're, as I say, we're now six wins in the bounce, so they should have a confidence and a certain freedom. Um, but at Celtic Park particularly, that doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, the phrase you used after the game was they were uh, scared to express themselves. You know, there's talent all over that pitch today, and I think that's a perfect way to uh, to define it. They were scared to express themselves. How many times both wingers and Alistair Johnson, less said about Burnaby's crossing the better, but they found, found themselves in that position and just put in, you know, what Miff loves is that corridor of un uncertainty where you're putting it between the goalie and the striker. Striker gets on it. Great, he's got his shot on target or it's a chance or whatever. If not, it's going to cause a problem for the defence and the goalie that does the goalie come for it or not. Just, you know, things happen when you put the ball in that area. But countless times, I would say 90% of the time, they turn back and they channel it, recycle it back through defence or midfield. And it's, I know this is a wee bit of a strong word, but it's kind of cowardly. You know, look for someone to be brave, look for someone to take a chance and make a mistake. Fair enough, you'll not get a hard time for that. But the constant recycling to to safety for me, it just kills your buzz. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, Paddy, obviously, we've kind of jumped ahead of ourselves. But in terms of that lineup, the big call was always going to be who was going to feature at left back. James and I done the pre-match. <laughs> and right away when we're chatting, I says, well, you can dismiss Burnaby because he won't be playing. Rogers clearly doesn't rate him, given the lack of game time. Uh, couldn't have been more wrong because he get the, get the nod. The other options were potentially move Liam Skills across, <clears throat> which I didn't think would happen. I thought Tony Ralston might have been a shout. And then there was a, the chat about young Mitchell Frame. Like, for whatever reason, Mitchell Frame doesn't even make the squad, which I, I found puzzling, if not for experience, James, you know, out with anything else. But yeah. um, 
you know, he doesn't get the nod and he, he goes with Burnaby. Paddy, what was your take on that? What do you think the thinking is there? Does he think it's it's just Ross County we can get away with this? And yeah. If Alessandro Burnaby's playing for his Celtic future, he's not made a good fight for it today. No, I don't think he's made a fight for it at all in his career. Um, yeah, it, it has been it has been part of the plan. He's, he's made it clear if he's turned around and said that the plan was to take uh, Cameron and Carter Vickers off on the hour mark, then he wasn't moving anyone along because then there's no one to bring on for him. You're not going to trust Lager Bielka because he's obviously not good enough according to the manager. And I think that Nevrodsky would, would, would have started alongside uh, CCB. So therefore, it, it, it buggers up any planning, uh, like, like only giving him forever, which baffles me even more why he was given the time today at all. I, I get getting him back up to speed. I, I really do understand that. But for me, up to speed, when you're you're getting you're building up that game time, off the ball, you should be ready to be playing 90 minutes, in my opinion, especially as a centre half. Um, that practice, that work can get there. Um, and I just thought we had zero flow whatsoever, but any sort of flow that we kind of picked up on the first 15 minutes of the second half, I just thought Johnson started to come into the game a little bit more then and looked at a little bit like more positive forward thinking and then and then we just disrupt it by taking Carter Vickers off I, it really really it just baffled me today I, I also look at going back to the O'Reilly uh, situation as well like I know obviously you're looking at the lineup you know I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm getting this off my chest now but <laughs> it really really slowed us down trying to bring the ball out because Liam Scales had no trust in his left back and the link between our midfield um, is Kalmak and, and Matt O'Reilly. And they unlock Bernardo in a sense as well. We were too slow. We were too slow bringing the ball out at all. We had no trust in the left. McGregor was trying to do the running to be available for both centre-halves for the full 90 minutes. It was, it was a tough, tough watch. So I just think we got it wrong. Yeah. Um, just before we continue, Paddy, I just want to be really clear that this is a safe space. And if you're getting things you want to get off your chest, this right. is a place to do it. You don't want to carry that that negativity into your, your day-to-day life. Saturday um, night as well. I'm ready. Um, yeah, I, I tell you what we'll do, James. We'll, we'll take it back to some of the match action. Obviously, we got off to the perfect start. A very fortunate goal. Um, created listen, lots of negatives about Bernabe in general. But he does the job by getting to the byline and puts something across the box. It eventually works its way back to Alistair Johnson. And it's a very fortunate deflected effort. Now, sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. But it's, what is it? Is a minute even gone on the clock? I'm not even sure if there was. And the, I spoke to someone, spoke to a mate this morning at football who said, we need to get an early goal. And if Celtic get an early goal, we'll be good to go. You almost couldn't have got any earlier. Um, but the game just didn't open up. But then, and let's just fast forward to the penalties, right? 28 minutes in. If Louis Palmer tucks away just one of those two penalties, we're having a really different conversation because I'm convinced it finishes four, five, or six, nothing. So it's easy now. It's, it's if buts and maybes, isn't it? Whether could I should have, but it could have been, it could and should have been such a different afternoon. You know, I've seen people on Twitter saying, well, you can blame the board for various things, but the board don't hit the penalties. And I kind of get, you know, those points. You know, I can understand that. And if Louis Palmer, who's shown us that he can strike a ball, high and hard and well and confidently. How can he go from that to these staggered run-ups? And then, let's be honest, they were two really poor attempts, James. But they would have changed the whole game. It would have changed the whole mood of the stadium. And 
it'd have been a very different conversation at this moment in time. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I agree, but I, I think the players have got to be more resilient. I think that sucked a lot of the atmosphere out of the stadium from the fans, you know, because there's no excuse for that kind of behaviour. Twice to put it in the same place, so lacklustre were those efforts. The fans are always going to respond that way because it's just so frustrating. Because, as you say, we know if those go, if those penalties, one of those penalties goes in, then we're off and running. It's two 0 You get that two goal cushion. You're going to go and add to that and changes how Ross, Ross County play. They're going to come out more and all that stuff. So that that's why it took it out of the fans. But the players have got to be more resilient to respond to that negativity, I suppose, in a positive fashion and say, do you know what? We got that wrong. Let's turn it around. But they seem to then fold into themselves and go for the safe passing that we were talking about earlier on. So that worries me more than anything else is a weak mentality shown across the team that they're affected by that. No excuses for that whatsoever for me. Yeah. Um, James, again, you and I had the chat and there's a comment on screen from Frank Kennedy who says, get Palma off the penalties. I suppose it's a pretty obvious thing to say on a day where he misses too. We debated the penalty situation a while ago on a previous show where someone put forward the suggestion, might have been Joe from our show, but someone put forward the suggestion that you just pick your penalty taker at the start of the season, whoever's the best striker of a ball, and you stick with him, whether he scores or whether he doesn't, and that, that's your plan. Because what Celtic were doing is, it was Callum McGregor for a while, and he missed it. Then it was Jack Amakis, and he missed one. Then Kyogo missed one. Then Juranovic missed one and all this kind of stuff and we, and we changed it around. Did Juranovic miss one? Don't know. Might have made that up. But you get my point. So there was a lot of chopping and changing and I got the argument that, do you know what? Just pick your best and stick with them. You might have seen that, that Hearts had Lauren Shankland, of course, in penalties. He missed three in a row and they got a penalty today at nothing each and someone else took it. Jordan Grant, maybe, but it wasn't Shankland. Um, what do you think, Paddy? Do you stick with your penalty taker? We know Palmer can strike the ball well. Do you stick with them or now are we back to back to square one on that? You stick with them if it's two good saves, but that the penalties were absolutely dismal. And I was sitting next to Johnny today and, and said to him, like, we were laughing at the state of the first one. And I said, imagine he put it the same way again. And couldn't couldn't believe it. And then actually I joked, I said, Oh, imagine they give us a another retake and they actually went to VAR again. I was like, <laughs> I wonder, I wonder what the odds would have been if that came up. Um for me, guys, I, listen, you'll you maybe have your views on this, but if you are the club's leading goal scorer and you can hit the ball so sweetly, instinctively, or with taking time around it, then you should be taking penalties. And it, it baffles me why Kyogo's never taken the ball back and just decided this is this is my job. I remember Henrik Larson missing penalties. He would still put his name down there to be on on that ball and make sure that he, he was going for it again and again and again. Kyogo should be doing the exact same, in my opinion. I think we talk about the mentality. I think that that's a boost around your full team at your strikers saying, "This is me. I've got this." Um, Twenty-one years old, Palmer. Right. I have my doubts that he's near the level any, anymore. I really do, and I think it's all coming down to confidence again. I don't think it's I ability. Think, I think the ability is there. I, I think I think that's that's what succeeding or failing at Celtic always comes down to for any player. Are you of the right mindset to be a Celtic player? It's not like being a an Johnny Aberdeen Johnny. player or a Sheffield Wednesday player or a whatever. It's it's just a different world altogether. 
rightly or wrongly, you know, the pressure, maybe sometimes the unfair pressure that's put on players, but it's life in a, in a green and white shirt. And that's just something players need to adjust to. And if you can't adjust it, Celtic isn't for you. It doesn't work out, unfortunately, or, or harshly as that may be. Paddy, I, I really like Louis Palmer. And I think he'll come good. And I think I've seen enough to, to form that opinion of my own. But I can absolutely see why others are, are getting so frustrated, James. You know, he's, he's there to unlock defences on games like today. That's why he's there. You know, it's a game which is a bit sticky. You're looking for a bit of magic. And whether it's him or Abada, and, and now Nicholas Kuhn's joined the party, that's the job of a wide man at Celtic. And he's not, he's had some big moments in the Celtic shirt already. Atletico Madrid maybe being the biggest, but he's not had enough of them. And consistency is something you need as well, isn't it? Yeah, I think he's miles away. I really do, from being a consistent first team player at Celtic. Um, I see it in flashes and I see talent there. But I agree with Paddy. I think he's, you know, his mindset, his mentality is way down, his, his confidence. Um, and that shows his penalties. I mean, I think he was told to cut out that stupid run up stuff. And he did. And he scored maybe two or three penalties in a row. And then he did it again. I, I would actually give him the retake to somebody else for just that. Um, just shocking that he's trying that. He did the slow run up and then the goalie goes to his right post and he puts it there anyway. The whole point of a slow run up, if you really have to do that, is to let the goalie commit himself and then put it the other way. It was idiotic for me. Um, now, I, I just don't think he's he's at the level yet and I'm happy for him to be a development player because I agree with you, I think there's talent there. But it's it's the, it's the headspace, it's the mindset. That's where he's lacking. Yeah, and you know, the best players missed penalties. Paddy mentioned Henrik Larson. I remember Baggio missed one in a World Cup final, all that kind of stuff. You know, talented players will put themselves up to miss penalties, but I, I want my number nine. Someone in the comments has mentioned you Kyogo Kyogo should be desperate for that. That's a great opportunity for a you know for a centre forward to go and add to his tally. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Like I just again, I just I think we we speak about just building that confidence with your with your teammates and we, we, we see what Kyogo can do. Like, we, we he's finishing, it's ridiculous at times. Um, and, you know, we, we look at his numbers, um, how many goals he scored in the, the two and a half seasons he's been with us. Could be much, much more if he wanted. It really could if he, if he was taking them. Um, I, I just think that it's a, it's a confidence thing. Um, and I have to say, like, as much as obviously it was such a poor penalty in the first two, two go and say, no, I'm doing it again. Fair play to him. Absolutely. I like, I think that, you know, you just try and brush that off straight away, but it will not have helped him at all. Uh, I just, I really poorly hit penalty times two, almost the exact same. And fair play to keep up for guessing right again. Probably clocked. This guy's not got it in him. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a mind thing, Paddy. He, he's out, he's outside them, particularly when it comes to the second penalty. Listen, let's move on from that. But it's there's a job to be done there. I heard Brendan Rodgers on the radio on the way home, and he was saying it's something we'll need to revisit. And it's it's a problem, and I don't know the stats on it. Um, somebody might provide them, or, or we'll check ourselves later on. But we're missing far too many, and it's what an opportunity is to change the the complexion of, of any given game. Um, James, we're getting to half time, and I turned around to early in the second half. And I said to you, so we, we predicted in the pre-match, James said 5-0. I was a bit safer with 4-0. But I said early in the second half, this will be 4-0. I was, you know, we were, there was no stress. Yes, it hadn't been great with Mr. Penalties, but things were still pretty comfy. And 
you know, 10 minutes into the half, I, I still felt like that, but it just didn't play out that way at all. No, um, I think, think Paddy was talking about it as well. In the first 15 minutes, it was looking pretty comfy. Um, Johnson was coming on at a game, starting to flow. Aye, and it was... Ross County were under, under the cosh a wee bit in that period, and you thought, well, that, that's not going to hold. You know, we'll, we'll breach that, and then once you get the second, the third, fourth, fifth come, or whatever it may be. But it, it looked like they'd had a message at half time. They'd taken the message on board, and then they took it into the game, and it was it was clicking, it was working. Um, and that, that's the reason I don't really go for the wider malaise of the players aren't playing for Rodgers, they're not playing the system, the system was all wrong, wrong for Kyogo, all this kind of stuff, because they show they can do it both in full games of the last month or so and in pockets like today. Um, but just this, I don't know why after 15 minutes of that, maybe Paddy's point about CCV is, you know, is quite salient because that, that unsettles things an awful lot. You know you're really comfy with CCV at the back there because anything gets through, he's typically, and he was today, typically just mopping stuff up. And even if guys were on his tail, he just handled them, you know, just just so easily. So that may be upset things. But yeah, I, I was looking forward to a second half of a barrel of load of goals, getting Coon on, but didn't turn out that way. No, it didn't. And what I want to do here, just in terms of the recording, so I'm keen to um, catch as many points as we can. We'll, we'll cap this recording just around about the 40-minute mark uh, this evening, but there's a few things that I, I definitely want to touch on. I suppose one of them, James, you, you've leaned towards it there, is, is Nicholas Kuhn. Paddy, he, he got an opportunity. I, I'll check in a minute when exactly he entered the fray. He looks like he's got lively feet. You know, he, he wanted to make things happen. He came on initially on the left-hand side, and then when Mikey Johnson came in, he switched over to the right. But it's maybe too much to ask, you know, for anything particularly um, spectacular on the day. So my, my opinion was he looked like he's got something but wasn't able to really express that this afternoon. Yeah, I, I think so. Like, um, I don't think we, we, we've seen much of what he's, he's going to be hopefully capable of and, and he'll be trying to get a feel for, for what he's playing with, who he's playing playing alongside and... um. Turgid is the word I would say for the full performance that, uh, from everyone today. So I don't think he was getting much service from anyone um, when he came on. Um, but he looked he looked lively. He looked as if he really wanted to get involved with the play. And um, dare I say, probably only the one uh, one of the only ones with pass marks today. <laughs> um, like I, and like that's that's a damning statement. But I, I just feel that a lot of the guys will be coming off that park, and and the ones that want to to really like make a statement in terms of keeping their place as well. I, I just think that a lot of them will, will know that they've let, let themselves down tonight as well. We can we can go with uh, we can go with the moaning towards the, the like the, the the fans booing at the end of the game. Like I say, I'm I'm not one I'm not one to do that myself. Is it understandable um when we, we look at where this window's going? I think those boos were more so aimed at those sitting in the main stand. Than it was for our, our our collective eleven that were on the park, um, and I'm hopeful that we we get a bit of a feel good factor, and I hope hopefully that we do bring some players in this week, um, because it helps players like uh, Kuhn who who's just arrived kick on and 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 feel good about himself joining the team. We don't we don't want those that are in and out the squad. They're not going to be here, not kicking a ball for us, coming on almost giving giving possession away to leading to a goal. 
we don't, we, we don't need that here at Celtic at the moment and why they're getting on and why they're getting time on the park, I'll never know. Maybe. And, you know, Nicholas Kuhn must have walked off the other day thinking, have I missed something here? Did, did we not just go and win one nothing to stay five points clear at the, the top of the table? But as we touched on at the very opening of the show, there, there's there's much more to play. Um, I, I wouldn't ever be one for booing a win. It, it wouldn't be for me personally. But I can understand, and everyone's got their own choice how they how they support Celtic, you know, at the stadium or otherwise. And I think you're right, Paddy. I think it's more booing at the frustration of what's going on. James used the term a malaise at what's going on off the park, and I think that's part of it. Miff messaged in the group chat uh, after the game, saying he was so excited for today's game, he was really buzzing for today's game, and he left scunnered. And I think a lot of folk felt like that. And when you add that into the fact that there's not a lot happening off the park it can maybe lead to that frustration and maybe that's what the, the boon is. I'm going to bring up a, a comment here from Kieran. Um, and I think it's a good one to kind of round off today's conversation. It, it should hopefully um, spark some decent debate. So I'll read it out. So Kieran says, too much entitlement from the Celtic fan base today, in his opinion. Ross County played well, made chances. Their goalkeeper played well. Everyone needs to calm down. We still won. The boon was a disgrace. What do you think of that, James? There's a lot at play there from Kieran, a lot of different comments, but what's your, your general response to that? I misread it, first of all. I thought you meant Joe Hart, um, who was okay in parts, but very poor in others. Um, no, I mean, that, that's kind of my kind of mindset. I, I, I'm kind of fairly much on board with Kieran. Um, I think people do need to kind of take a wee step back and, and just understand it was three points on a bad day. But I can also understand why fans are going, well, we've been here before when the board and the recruitment team were sitting in their hands or throwing money up the wall at projects that they weren't delivering. So it's probably a wee bit of fans being uneasy with where we were, what, 2020, 21, whatever that was, three years ago, that season, um, the COVID season. So that's the most frustrating thing about being a Celtic fan is You've seen them do the same thing over and over again and get the same results over and over again. Don't change it. So I'm generally positive. I think we don't need to worry too much about today, but I think we do need to ramp up the pressure on the wider structure of Celtic. And I'm going to say it again, an organisation that just needs to grow up. Yeah, yeah. You know, a term that was used in recent times, Celtic are a, a very well-run business not a very well-run football club, and there's a, a huge difference in, in what those two things are. Um, but it was a, a comment further up, I've, I've lost track of it now, but someone was basically saying that we've now won six in the bounce, which we've, we've obviously mentioned, and five of those performances were really quite decent, and one is is not so much today. Taking, in, you know, taking it all into perspective, is that okay? You know, yeah. Can you accept that? If someone had told you before that, First game and then what was it, Livingston? Maybe the first game of the six. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, if someone told you you're going to win all six, you might not play so well in the last one. I'd have been okay with that. Yeah, I think absolutely you're okay with it. But the thing is, is that we were going into that run of four before the the window. Um, sorry, before the winter break, and we were worried that we we're going to going to take all points from those games. And this is a sign of the season that we've had so far, the, the, the lack of consistency between the starting lineups, the lack of consistency in our performances. You look at some of the performances in Europe, I'll be, be it we never got the, the victories that we wanted against Atletico and Lazio at home. We played really well. We played really well in the games, just that killer, killer instinct was missing. 
But the thing is, is that it has been up and down. It has been chop and change with this team all the way through this season, in my opinion, whether it be injuries, suspensions, and now what we're currently seeing at the moment, player, players away. And what we've seen was the, the depth, again, getting tested today. Um, and we, we, we just don't have it. This is the worry for me. This is the, the, the run-in for this league, is that we do not have real serious quality coming off the bench at the moment. Um, and we don't have enough cover for one position, which we highlighted very early at, um, in the, the summer window that we needed someone to A, challenge Greg Taylor, if not take the position. There was nothing brought in. Bernabe was given the chance, failed very, very quickly. So therefore, you think, right, let's go and get someone this window. They've still not done it. Even the idea of a loan without an option to buy still smacks of desperation, in my opinion. So what have the guys been doing? Have they been sitting in their hands for six months? I don't know. I really don't know. I then look at the fact that we are bringing on David Turnbull today. Um, I get that Hattati's away at the moment, but is that still enough cover? Because if it takes two players to get injured in the middle of the park and... I know it's hypotheticals here, but the depth is worrying me the most. It really is. And this is where we, we start to lose any form of building consistency uh, for a run-in. It's, it's going to be difficult. I don't see any team really stopping the other mob. Um, and I think we, we'll, we'll stop ourselves um, mm. if, we if we don't act fast. Yeah, as, as is often the case, Celtic are often you know, our own worst enemy. Um that lack of depth, Paddy, I think it's something that Brendan Rodgers feels. I'll go back to the Matt O'Reilly situation. Matt O'Reilly, you know, pulls up 20, 25 minutes in and he trusts his bench. He's got someone of the quality of Hatati or others on the bench. You just make that change. And I think he was reluctant because that quality wasn't there. I'm just going to bring up one final comment, um, which I think to an extent counters what, what Kieran had said earlier on there. So it's from Maestro95. And he says, some of us are passionate about the club we watch. And actually, I would... I would suggest that all of us are passionate about Celtic. Celtic isn't just a, a regular football club. I think if you're invested in Celtic, you're, you're absolutely passionate about you know what you do. And he then goes on to say that the custodians at our club appear to be sleepwalking into the night. And that is that's the other side, you know, to to go you know opposite from Kieran's argument, James. You know, it's it's okay to accept having an off day now and then, and you know, not to overreact and stuff like that. But the reason. Celtic fans ourselves here, the three of us very much included at times, do overreact if that's the right term. It's because you care so much about it. It means a lot to you. You know, you know, supporting Celtic is a huge thing. And I think it's okay to get animated and passionate and excited and upset at times if you feel others, in this case the, the custodians, the board members, aren't treating Celtic or giving Celtic the same consideration that, that, that we do. Yeah, and it, it runs through Celtic. It's, it's cultural. You know, we've got a, a bit of an understanding of how Celtic works behind the scenes. And there's some real talent there in the exec positions and there's some talent on the board as well. But there's a lot of deadwood in there too. And there's a lot of guys that shouldn't be in the positions they're in, in, in exec positions. And there's a lot of talent has left that side of the club. And that takes away the fresh thinking because fresh thinking isn't welcome at Celtic. It's can we get away with it for the cheapest amount possible? So the question I've been asked on Celtic, you know, and it's been asked, we asked it ourselves in our, in our kind of chats over the festive was, will we still win the league if we don't make any improvements? And I'm in the kind of probably camp, and there's probably a lot of that at Celtic saying, well, maybe, probably, 
Well, let's 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 risk it because then we don't need to spend any money. What is the point in all of this? You know, having all that cash sitting there. So I don't even think they're, they're sleepwalking. They're just serving a different master to us. Our master is winning football, winning football games, winning football tournaments, winning football leagues and cups and trophies. Theirs is something else, and it doesn't tie in. It just doesn't tie in with the the reason we all love Celtic. It's yeah. kind of uh, very frustrating. Indeed. How are you enjoying your Saturday nights? Um, what we'll do, as always, we'll cover this in a lot more detail on Monday night. So we'll have the the Monday, the weekly show, as always, that'll come out about nine o'clock for everyone, uh, whether it's in podcast format and then it's the next day, uh, Tuesday on YouTube. But just as we start to round things off, I suppose your final comments, Paddy, as I say, yes, the reality is Celtic won. We're five points clear at the top of the league. It's six wins on the bounce, but a lot more at play, and we've covered some of that uh, here this evening. But your final comments for this one? Um, I'll keep it short, I'll keep it sweet. Um, don't fall asleep at the wheel. Yep, can't argue with that. James, your own final thoughts as we round things up? Yeah, I suppose the positive is um, the negative and the positive is that the transfer window's closing this week. So come next week, we know what our squad is and that is it. And it's just pulling those players together and driving forward with 15 league games to go, starting at Aberdeen next Saturday. Um, crucial game. But that's the opportunity to go and show us that this was a blip today and you can go and blow a team away in a tricky a tricky ground like Pataudry. So, almost and upwards for me. Yeah, the joy of football, James, there's always another game just round the corner to to put everything right. So, Celtic, we're on the road for a wee bit. We've got Aberdeen next weekend at Pataudry, 12.30 kick-off on Saturday. Then it's Hibs during the week and then St Mirren in the Scottish Cup on the 11th of February. Not back at Celtic Park till the 17th. Someone in the comments made the, the good suggestion that that's a decent opportunity as well to fix up the park, which is a, a bit of a riot, but different topic for a different day. And as always, thanks to everyone who's joined us here in the live. There's a bit of a heated debate going on about Lauren Shanklin, so I'll leave your lads to that one. But thanks for everyone who's joined us there and made your comments. Thanks, of course, to everyone else who tunes in in podcast format. It's really appreciated. And of course, thanks to James and Paddy, without whom this wouldn't be possible. Um, so, yeah, as I say, we'll be back on Monday uh, with the, the weekly show. That'll be out, out around about nine o'clock. Easy for me to say. But in the meantime, folks, thanks for everything, and we'll see you again very soon. Podcast Network.